Our sacred text this morning, uh, the scripture that our argument will be centered around will come from the doctor this morning because we had this thing on cancer. Uh, so we want to look at the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 6, all the way down through verse 12. And for your hearing this morning, we'll only read verses 8 through 9. Luke chapter 6. Verse 8 through 9. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. Then Jesus, then, then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy life? This morning we will use for a theme, walking wounded to wounded healers. Amen. You may be seated. I had to use that title this morning because I have just been elated by the men of our church that have allowed their brokenness to turn into this ministry this morning, and they shared it with you out of the depths of their heart. That's what ministry is all about. When a pipe is broken and is welded back together, it's always stronger at the point of the well than any other point on the pipe. So we saw here this morning what can be done when God can take our pain and turn it to our message. And we see here this morning that uh, uh, one out of seven men will get prostate cancer. And we see that six out of ten cases diagnosis, men would die. And sometimes it attacks our men over the ages of 65 most commonly. But we see that something here that we need to do in the church. There is this term of transmutation. Uh, when we can transfer things into something that is not. In other words, I go to the pharmacist and I take my money and I transfer my money into medicine. That's when you transfer something into something else. But what God wants us to do in life is to transform our time and our talent and our treasure into his heavenly kingdom. And that's what we saw here today when we can transfer. See, everything happens for the good for those who love God and are called according to God's purpose. So when we can transfer our mess into our message, that's what God wants us to do. And that's what we saw here this morning when we have people who were walking and wounded and now they've licked up those wounds and now they've turned them into wounded healers. Uh, but pay attention to your scars because those are the things that we have to show the world how good God is. I have a scar in my hand right here where I was stabbed when I was in college. But every time I look at this scar, I want to thank God that I wouldn't kill because it was with a baronet, a big thing. So anyway, to make a long story short, we have to thank God for the scars because the scars that we have represent how God healed us. Yes, 
And this morning, I will teach that Jesus is not controlled by the Sabbath regulations, but instead controls the Sabbath itself. So as we look at our lesson text this morning, we find in the sixth chapter of Luke, in the first five verses, we see the Pharisees attack the disciples because the disciples decide to pick up some corn and eat it, and they said, you can't do that on the Sabbath. But we want to look at how they misinterpreted the Sabbath. It never said that you couldn't eat on the Sabbath. It said that you couldn't go out and harvest the stuff to be sold. It said that you couldn't sell it for profit on the Sabbath. But you know, there are people that's always going to misinterpret Scripture for their benefit. So we see now they, they've decided to leave the disciples alone. Now they come to Jesus. In our lesson text this morning, verse 6 says, And it came to pass also on another Sabbath, not the one with the disciples, but this is another one. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. Jesus went into the synagogue to teach. Now, you know the Pharisees was following him everywhere he would go. But pay attention because Jesus said there was a man whose right hand was withered. So now if this man's right hand was withered, that means that a lot of things that he wanted to do, he had limitations on them. That's how it is when we get sick men when we come down with cancer and different things, it puts limitations on our lives. This man who had the withered hand, he couldn't put his arm around his wife. He couldn't go out in the yard and play ball with his son. He couldn't teach his son how to throw a football. He couldn't take his little daughter like I had to do my daughter and teach her how to ride a bike because his hand was withered. If he had a car, he probably couldn't uh, couldn't drive the car because it said, pay attention, it said it was his right hand. And if he was right-handed like me, he was sure enough limited because his right hand was messed up. So we see a man in our lesson text that really had a limited things that he could do with his hand. But also some theologians and Josephus and some writers say this man also was a stonemason. And because his hand was withered, he wasn't going to be able to make a living for himself, if you dig a little deeper in. And back in antiquity, they didn't have disability benefits. In other words, if this man wasn't going to be able to work as a stonemason, the only thing left for him was for him to beg. So this man was on the edge of being a beggar, of being a productive citizen. So Jesus went into the synagogue, uh, and it said it was on the Sabbath. And so Jesus went in there on the day of worship, and this man with the withered right hand was there. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him. They watched Jesus, and they watched this man. They said, we know Jesus. We know that he see this man with this horrendous problem. He's going to do something about it because, see, he's full of compassion and he's full of love. And they understood that Jesus wasn't like us. See, Jesus was full of compassion. 
Compassion is when you see something wrong with somebody, you do something about it. Compassion ain't the person who calls you on the phone and say, Honey, I, I, I heard you going through something, and, and I pray for you. Compassion is that person that go over there and knock on that door and say, I heard you was having some trouble. I bought you some water. I bought you some food for dinner. I, I bought you something. I came to see about you. Are y'all out there? So anyway, they, they, they watched him. Whether he would heal on the Sabbath day that they might find accusations against him. It's bad when somebody following you around, hoping you'll make a mistake. So they was following Jesus around in the, in the synagogue, watching him to see what he was doing. They came to church for the wrong reason. They didn't come to worship. They came to follow Jesus. And they came not only to follow him, but they came to kill him. They came to trap him. They came to hurt him. Are y'all out there? that they may use against him. But Jesus, being who he is, but he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered arm, rise up and stand forth in the midst. Jesus said, this thing ain't going to be done in no corner. I'm going to have you to come up here and get in the front of them. I'm going to have you to come up here and stand in the front of them. So when I do this miracle, it won't be no mistake. When I do this miracle, you're going to see it straight up. When I heal this man, Jesus told him to rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he rose and stood forth. Didn't matter how much this man was in disbelief. When Jesus tells you to do something, you have to be obedient. It doesn't matter about how you may think it's ridiculous or how you say, stand up. The man rose up and stood in the midst of the synagogue. And then said Jesus unto him. I will ask you one thing. He wanted to ask these Pharisees. Now, this is a very important question because this is a theological thing that people have been debating for years. Jesus said, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy life? But before you answer that, let me just give you a little background here. On the Sabbath, the Sabbath laws in the Old Testament Labor for profit on the Sabbath day was not permitted. Like I said before, you couldn't go out there and harvest your field and harvest your stuff and then set it on the Sabbath. But if you needed something to eat, you certainly could go out there and get something to eat it. Deeds of charity, mercy, worship, works necessarily for the preservation of life was also permitted. But to corrupt the Sabbath, to forbid such a good thing from going on is a perversion of the Sabbath laws. So you see here, they had perverted the law for their own self-aggrandizement, but their own trapping of Jesus. So, so, so Jesus is asking this question because, pay attention, because if you, if you disallow or if you don't allow me to do this good thing, then you're refusing to do good. But if you refuse to do good, then you're doing evil. Are you out there? If you refuse to do good, then you're doing evil. Now you wake up and write that down. Jesus say, if, 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 you, if you don't allow me to do this good thing, because it's on the Sabbath day, and you refuse to allow me to help this man, then we're doing evil. But also, your purpose here is evil. 
Your purpose here is to see that this man doesn't get well, but not only not that he get well, but your purpose here to see if I violate the Sabbath laws so you could lead me and crucify me and kill me. Watch evil folk. They'll hurt you. I told you last week, everybody don't like you. They ain't going to never like you. You need to wake up and write that down. Stop going around and say, people, oh, everybody love me. They ain't going to love you. I told the ladies that came in this morning, uh, they said they had two friends. God said, if you got two friends, that's the maximum sometime you ever have in life is two good friends. And if you got two good friends, keep them stroked because I'm going to tell you, it's good to have a good friend. Yeah. That'll stick it closer to you than a brother. And sometimes that brother may not be the best friend. I'm going to leave that one alone. But anyway, to refuse to do good is evil. And looking around, Jesus asked the question to these Pharisees. They didn't answer him. So looking around upon them all, Jesus asked the question. And then he looked around. To see what they're going to answer. They had no answer. So Jesus said to the man. Stretch forth thy hand. I don't care about what, how long it's been withered up. I don't care about what diseases it's in. I don't care about how long your hand been. Stretch it out. Jesus is telling us today. To stretch out. Stretch out on his word. Stretch out that sickness that you have. Turn it over to God. He said he had all power over all matter of sickness and disease. He said, stretch forth thy hand. And he did so. And his hands was restored whole in that order. And they were filled with madness and communed one with another that they might do to Jesus. Now, now Jesus did good. But they was upset because Jesus had healed this man. So now they start, what are we going to do with this Jesus? That may be your struggle today. What are you going to do with Jesus? So they say, what are we going to do with Jesus? And the thing that I like about Jesus, Jesus didn't care about all this stuff. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. See, after Jesus healed this man, he went out and... See, see, Jesus spent five hours a day in prayer. Most of the time that he had, he spent it in prayer with the Father. And that's the thing we have to always understand, that Jesus had a tremendous prayer life. And after he healed this man with his withered hand, he went into prayer. And let me just tell you this story, because there was a boy, a little boy, that was on his way to school. And every day, he would run into a bully. Y'all know a bully, right? Yeah. A bully ain't nothing but a coward. Always want to pick on somebody that they think they can beat. Yeah. I was small when I was young, so I had a lot of folks that tried to bully me. But they didn't get very far. <laughs> but I just want to tell you about this bully. This little boy had a problem. With this bully. Maybe he was small like I was growing up. So this big guy was trying to bully him. And everybody gave him some advice. They say, listen, get you a stick. Well, the bully took the stick from him and beat him up. Well, they say, don't go the same way home. Find you another route. 
So the bullet found him trying to take another route home, and he beat him up on that other route. So the little boy made up his mind. He was walking home that day, and he saw the bully jump up out the bushes. The boy said, listen, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of trying. I'm going to fight you today. So the bully came to him, and he said, come on now. I'm ready to fight. Whatever you got, I'm going to fight you today. And that guy looked at that uh, bully, looked at that boy, and as he started toward him, then the boy's dad had stood up in the back. His dad had stood 6 feet 10, weighed 245 pounds. That bullet took out and started running. I stopped by here this morning to tell you. That bullet that we have in our community, men, is known as cancer. It may be lung cancer. It may be prostate cancer. But I just want you to know I came here this morning. We're going to stand in front of that bullet because we're going to fight him. We're going to learn how to fight that bully this morning. We're going to fight him with the word of God. We, we, we got a father that's going to stand up behind us. And he say, I'll never leave you nor will I forsake you. He said, greater is me that is in you than he that is in the world. But we're going to fight him. We're going to fight him with knowledge. We're going to fight him with understanding. We're going to fight him with eating right. We're going to fight him with exercising. We're going to fight him with learning all about the disease like we had this morning. We're going to learn how to fight that bully. And I just want to say something about those of us here this morning. Like we saw our wounded healers that are sitting up here today that shared their testimony. There are a lot of you out there with scars. But that scar that you have is a blessing. We want to look at the scars that we have endured in life and see that Jesus went to the cross. And Thomas said, I would not believe that you're Jesus when he had risen until I see the scars. Jesus showed him the scars in his hands, nail prints in his scars. Say, say I got the scars. I, 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 young ladies, I, I want you, you to tell these young ladies, I've been there, I've done that, I got the scars. You got the scars of domestic violence. You got the scars of being pregnant at an early age. You got the scars of breast cancer. You got the scars of all kinds of diseases. And, and, and that scar is a blessing because we ought to be able to share that scar with somebody. Jesus went to Calvary, and the scars that he gained on Calvary's cross are the scars that will set us free today. By his stripes, by his wounds, we are healed, and we can claim that today by the scars that he shed. What scars do you have? Your greatest mess is your greatest message. We can turn that mess into a message this morning, and that's what we need to do. There are a lot of young ladies, there are a lot of young men that's hung on drugs. There are a lot of young people out there that's wrapped up in doing things, but if you could only share your testimony and your scars with them, it would be a blessing to them. Are you out there? Jesus said, despising the shame, there's nothing you have to be shame of. Because Jesus said, despising your shame, I went to Calvary. So that you wouldn't have to be shamed of anything. So if there's anything out there that you're ashamed of this morning, you ought to let it go. And you ought to let God use you. All things work to the good for them that love God and are called according to God's purpose. I want you to understand that this morning. From the walking wounded to the wounded healers, are you out there? God is calling us this morning. God is calling us to be there. With the hurt, there was no one that can tell you better about prostate cancer than the men that stood up this morning in our church that had it. 
They could tell you more about it in a more authentic way than even the doctor. Are you out there? What scars do you have this morning in your body? What scars do you have that could help somebody? Oh, you got it. Don't be ashamed of it. Every time I put on some short pants, I got a scar going down my leg. Y'all stop laughing. I was driving one day, and, I, and a man like, like he was going to hit my car, and I hit my leg up against the seat, and I got up the next day to go jog, and it was a big, a big thing. It was right, rose up on my leg, and, and I came home and showed it to my wife. She said, well, I don't know what that is. I went to my doctor, and he said it was a blood clot, and they said, you need to get to the doctor right away because we need to perform surgery. We need you at the hospital tomorrow morning. I went in there and they opened my leg and cut and got that thing out of my leg. But every now and then my legs not as pretty as they used to be because I got a scar. <laughs> but I want you to know every time I look at that scar, I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Because they say that blood clot could have gone to my heart. I thank God for the scar. It's not about looking pretty. Are you out there? And I don't cover up my scar. I don't stop wearing short pants because I got a scar. Some people try to hide the scars. Jesus on Calvary got a scar for you. Are you out there? Where is your scar? And who will you share it with? Are you out there today? God is calling you. Let us all stand. Give us a, give us a song.